Hello, beloved audience. I know it's weird me saying that, but unfortunately, Annalise isn't here with us today. So we have a very special guest. He's somewhere. Are you talking to me? Oh, dear God. It's Frankie. Frankie has returned. Uh, I didn't really return. I was kind of kidnapped and just... um, Yeah, I kind of forced him into coming back for this episode. I'm chained to a chair. Eyeballs uh, stapled open. He, uh, he has an electric collar sh- on him, so he doesn't curse as much as he used to do. Send help. Don't send help. Send help. But yes, Frankie has graciously agreed to come back and join me for this little quick episode. I know it's been a while, guys, but a lot of crazy stuff has been going on with our lives. But I just want to make sure we're not this channel. This podcast isn't dead. We're just gonna we're just gonna do a quick episode for you guys, just a quick off the cuff review. And Frankie, what are we gonna talk about today? Um, yeah, um, Hamlet. You see that that's cool and all, but you know what would make that even better? Um, our enlightened me. What's up? We throw some freaking lions in that. Oh, that weird anime with those white lions. Anime. There was no lion anime. What are you talking about? Oh, no, there was ever this thing called Kiba the White Lion. I, I don't know what you're talking about. It's not a thing. You imagined that. It was a dream. <laughs> yeah, not a fever dream. Uh, oh, wait, we're talking about that one movie where Matthew Broderick um, is um, into, like, earthworms, and there's a giant iguana, right? Yeah, where's the logic in that? James Earl Jones sired Jonathan Taylor Thomas and then who became Matthew Broderick. Where is the justice in the universe? So we have Darth Vader. We got the kid from Home Improvement. And By the way, I'm watching some Home Improvement. It's actually not a bad show. I, Dude, I haven't watched it. But uh, all kidding aside, um, we are talking about... Um, the Disney classic, The Lion King, as you couldn't tell from our subtlety. <laughs> you have subtlety? I just, uh, look, man. Did they not watch your channel? <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, oh, There's man. no subtlety here. Oh. There's no subtlety there. Yeah, uh, so this was the uh, 32nd Disney animated film. It's the first one I recall watching, but I could be yeah, wrong. Yeah, very... Per- prolific film for I would say the two of us especially oh yeah no I used to so this came out the year you were born I think like a month after you were born maybe yeah before. like it, it is stay with me since I was a baby yeah it came out uh three it came out two and a half months after you were born it came out June 15 1994 so I was about one and a half I was almost two but we didn't necessarily see it in theaters when it first came out but we have seen it in theaters yeah, we saw it went to the uh, 2011 uh, re-release because of Were course. They... <laughs> oh man, 
that that experience was insane. I had that was a movie I had to see in theaters. That oh was- yeah, if it gets re-released again in theaters, I'm definitely watching it. I'm going. Oh, I, I don't care. I used to watch this uh, VHS on repeat over and th- this and Toy Story. I remember watching like religiously. I feel like if it wasn't at our house, it was certainly at Grandma's house or Uncle Jimmy's house because they both of them had it also. Yeah, our grandmother and our uncle, um, who both lived relatively close to us, we lived in New York. We used to watch, you know, stuff at their house all the time. And Whew. So literally, I can't imagine a time where The Lion King wasn't around. It's kind of like how I feel with Godzilla. Like there's, I just don't know a time where I wasn't watching it or wasn't in, in my life in some form. Yeah, no, that sounds about right with The Lion King. Um Oh man! Now, before we get into um the the film itself, uh, let's go over the cast. Um, so the main protagonist of this film is a young lion named Simba, who's voiced by Matthew Broderick as an adult, and then Jonathan Taylor Thomas is a kid. Whatever happened to that guy? He he just stopped. He stopped working. I mean, between this money, the Lion King money, and probably whatever he got from Home Improvement. The kid really doesn't need to work again. Yeah, that's true. Um, Jeremy it's also, Irons, the, same, it's also the same thing with the the actor who did Young Simba singing voice. Like they, he got royal. He 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 chose to get royalties. He didn't want to get bought out by this. He chose to. Yeah, because uh, Joseph Williams is the singing voice for adult Simba, and then uh, Jason Weaver is young Simba. The who. He, I think like a year before this movie, he played a young Michael Jackson in a biopic. I think you're, yeah, he did in uh, the Jackson. He did a good job. Like I always liked Jason Weaver as an actor and a singer. Just then you have uh, Jeremy Jones who plays uh, Simba's uncle Scar. I forgot his real name. Jeremy Irons. No, the uh, the character Scar. I forgot his actual name. Uh, I think. Oh man, I, th- I know it's been in books, and I think they brought up in the the Disney Junior TV show Lion Guard. Uh, they don't. They they never. Which I hear good things about, and what I've seen from Lion Guard was actually pretty solid stuff. That's and they did. Lion King is Lion Guard is Simba's son, right? Yeah, and they did an actually pretty good job explaining why the the son isn't around for Lion King two. So they tied it in pretty well with Lion King one and two. So there was kudos to Lion- Disney Junior for that. Listen, there was not. A Lion King 2. I've gone back and watched Lion King 2. It's not as bad as I remember, but it's not the Lion King. Anyway. It, as far as Disney sequels goes, it's not the worst one. So, uh, James Earl Jones' voice is God. Um, that's did almost... Say, oh, that's did almost you say, not, did you say almost, James Earl Jones' voice is God? That's almost not a joke. <laughs> yes, that's what I said. Jesus. Uh, Mufasa, uh, Simba's father. Um, and then, you know, like, Moira, Moira Kelly, I don't know who that is. Voices Nala. I know she was in a film called The Cutting Edge, and she was... Oh, what was that, like, that sci-fi show that was, like, a big thing that David Lynch did in the 90s? Lost in Space? No. Not Lost in uh, No, David Lynch had nothing to do with that. Uh, Kyle MacLachlan's in it. Give me a second, I can look it up. Wasn't Firefly, right? No, Firefly was like early 2000s, I think. Oh, I don't know. 
Uh, I, I don't remember. Oh, man. I'm going to. I'm sure Sean liked it a lot. The Cutting Edge? No, that was a show. Was a... I've seen No, The Cutting Edge was a mom thing, I believe. I've actually seen that movie. Why have you seen The Cutting Edge? My ex girlfriend. Need I say more? It depends on the one. I, I, I'm sure you can figure it out. Anyway, I am not getting to my personal life here. <laughs> oh, Twin Peaks. Morica was in the Twin Peaks prequel movie. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, Nathan Lane voices Timon. Ernie Sabella is Pumbaa. Robert, ooh, I don't know how to say his last name, was Rafiki. Sorry, Rowan to Rafiki. To Rafiki's Rowan actor. Rowan Atkinson, uh, R.I.P. Um, Rowan Atkinson was Zazu. Madge Sinclair was Queen Sarabi. And uh, it's funny because she and James Earl Jones also played Akeem's parents in Coming to America. They had to have known that. Oh, there they, was no way that wasn't. There's no way that could have happened. Yeah, they played two African queen and kings. Uh, okay. They, knew, they had to have known what they were doing. And then a uh, Whoopi Goldberg, Cheech Marin, and Jim Cummings voice uh, Shenzi, Bonsai, and Ed the uh, Hyena. So, pretty cool, ca- pretty pretty big ensemble cast. Yeah. yeah. Now, I honestly say it's a perfect cast. Which is funny because this was, I believe, the B team was working on this. Yes, movie. yes. I think we brought this up in earlier episodes. I was sorry. Right? Lion King was the B project. They the A team was on Pocahontas. That's actually kind of funny. It is funny, not just because how the movies turn out, but animation wise, I think this looks a lot better than Pocahontas. Not to say Pocahontas isn't a gorgeous film, because it well, is. Not just that, in terms of reception and box office, Lion King destroyed Pocahontas. Lion King was unstoppable. Mm-hmm. But. Let's go ahead and talk about And it the, continues uh, to make money. Oh, yeah. With the constant re-releases, constant DVD re-releases. Constant merch. Yeah, exactly. Merchandise. It's always on syndication. The I'm Broadway sure people, show. People watch it on Disney Plus religiously, I'm sure. Um, if this isn't on Disney Plus, I have a lot of questions. I'm sure it was like one of the first things on Oh, no, it is. It's on Disney Plus. They, they, there was no way they weren't putting all their animated films on day one, Disney Plus. Anyway, just to clarify, I am not talking about the remake in this video. That may, We may do that at some point. Who's to say? Because that deserves a three-hour-long rant. Anyway. Oh, Christ. Let's talk about the, uh, the movie itself. All right. This has... The single greatest opening sequence in cinema history. Fight me. From that first note, the film just doesn't stop. Like, as soon as that song starts, you are in the film. You, Yeah, Circle of Life is, alongside Jurassic Park and Star Wars, probably the best theme or main theme for a film that I can think Like of. those films, I, w- I have to say, it, it's probably just as iconic. Like, you hear honestly, Hans Zimmerman's score is probably 
an iconic film score at this point. Uh, the soundtrack in general, perfect. Like, I, I, I dare anyone, not even the Disney fan, to hear any, any like, minute of the soundtrack, and you should know what film this is from. Yeah. I agree. But the opening sequence is the king of the Pride Rock, of Pride Rock, or the Pride Lands, it's Pride Rock. The Pride Rock is the center of the Pride Lands. I'd say um, the, the Pride Rock's the castle, and the Pride Lands are England. Pretty much. Um, it's Sim, uh, Mufasa showing off the birth of his son, Simba. Um, and Rafiki, you know, holds him up to the sun, and it's the circle of life! And all it's the a weird thing they do, because you're, you're half expecting Rafiki just to chuck that little lion. There have been so many edits of that, and, um... I have um I do that to my cat all the time at home. I'll take him up, put him up to the um put him up to the ceiling, have the light shine. I'm like Simba. <laughs> name him Simba. Uh, his name is Gizmo. Anyway. So you then after that amazing opening scene, you can see a little mouse. And this little mouse is being taunted by Scar, who is Mufasa's uh, younger brother. Who is a douchebag? <laughs> like the That's he, the understatement of the fucking century. Like this guy doesn't even try to hide the fact that he's the villain. Doesn't oh, absolutely not. You can just even in his design. Um, they elaborate in the remake. Something I do like about the remake, they do elaborate where he got his scar from. A little bit. But um Mufasa's pissed at him. That, yo, why weren't you at the presentation of my son? And Scar's being a douchebag because he was next in line to be king, but then Simba was born. So he's he not being a douchebag, he's being a petty little bitch. So Excuse he's, my language. He's being a douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he tells Scar, uh, Mufasa watches back, and uh, Mufasa's like, are, are you trying me, bro? Are, are you trying to catch these paws? Like, Mufasa was ready to swing. But then uh, Scar straight up says, I could not beat you even if I wanted to. And just walks away. We're also introduced to... Um, I think it, we should also point out the character design and the artwork again, because Scar is much skinnier than Mufasa. Oh, jeez, they make you... <laughs> you feel Mufasa's strength just by looking at him. Oh, Mufasa is like the lion god. Even compared to Simba later in the movie, I know we're jumping ahead, he still doesn't have the presence Mufasa does. No, no. Simba is kind of in the middle between the, the weight class of Scar and Mufasa. Yeah, I mean, they give Simba that Mufasa-esque presence in the sequel. To a degree. To but, a degree. But, um, so, you're introduced here to... Uh, his major domo, um, Zazu, who is, um, you know, kind of a little annoying shithead. The character. He's just kind of there. So it cuts a little yeah, he bit. he doesn't really contribute much to the film. He's so more we, like, he's just comic relief. So we jump, I want to say, a couple of months, and Simba's starting to grow up a little bit. And he is like, Dad, Dad, you promised, you promised. And he starts, like, assaulting Mufasa in his sleep. 
We're also introduced here to uh, Sarabi, who is Simba's mother, but she Can doesn't... we just say Mufasa has one of the funniest lines in the film? Before sunrise, I have... Before sunrise, he's yours. <laughs> no, when the, when the sun goes down, I have no sun, no responsibility, I cut loose. But... Um, so Mufasa shows Simba the uh, the entirety of the kingdom, and Simba's super jacked to be king one day. Rich suburbanite. Yeah, no, it's um. But he says he's a spoiled brat in the beginning. Let's just call a spade a spade here. And um, wherever the light touches is our kingdom. Simba asks about the dark area. Mufasa's like, don't, don't go there, bro. Just don't go there. Yeah, we, we don't go over there. And um, so Simba's uh, really excited to be the king, and he runs into a Scar. Scar subtly tells him that there's an elephant graveyard out there. Oops. Yeah, yeah, okay. So um, we're introduced to Simba's uh, best friend, Nala who is currently being cleaned by her mother. And So uh, what's the deal with Nala here? There's no other males in this pride other than Mufasa. And I wouldn't even count Scar as a member of the pride at this point. Who the hell is Nala's father? Um, he is a character who is mentioned in the Lion Guard. He is the maid of Seraphina, the father of Nala, the father-in-law of Simba. It is not Mufasa. Yeah, I feel like they, they when they did Lion Guard, they are, we gotta give Nala a father. Too many people are saying Mufasa's her father. I mean, if it was a real-life lion pride, then Mufasa would be her father. Absolutely he would. But... And because it's an animated children's property, we can't have incest, so... Because animals are gross. Yes. But, um, yeah, his fa her father is not Ufasa. But we don't know who it is. He's at that farmhouse there. I can take you as far as that farmhouse. <laughs> there. Yeah. But, um, well, if you need me, I'll be at that farmhouse there. So Nala and Simba BS their way into going toward the elephant graveyard by saying they're going toward the waterhole, as long as Zazu goes with them. So then they do this song and dance number to get Zazu off their back. <laughs> it's so funny. I this love the impromptu song and dance number. I love the song, but the fact that they pull this nonsense off is incredible to me. <laughs> I love the song. I love the sequence, but I hate the level from the video game. Oh, oh God. Fuck this level. Uh, if you thought Dark Souls was hard, Jesus Christ. I've been in the Lion King game after so many tries. I don't know. Yeah, but anyway, like in this sequence, it's the song's called I Just Can't Wait to Be King. It's fantastic. And like, I love the bit where they're like, no one's saying do this. No one's saying be there. And they're like, they're making faces at Zazu. Kill. <laughs> they turn him into kill. They do. It's great. 
And then he gets crushed by a rhino. And he survives, Simba. A literal rhino. Simba? No. I should have just gone, like, oh, what sounds like rhino butt after he shows up? Uh-oh, did we lose Frankie? No, no, I'm here, I'm here. Um, I, uh, I didn't hear you. You had a bit of a cut out there. Oh, um, I did? All right. As I, um, so they end up in the, um, the elephant graveyard, and Zazu finds her. And then they're cornered by hyenas. Uh, Shenzi, Banzai, and Ed. I love how they have really <laughs> badass names, and it's just Ed. <laughs> Freaking cool names, but it's just Ed. Yeah, yeah, no. You have Bonsai and Shenzi, and then just, hi, Ed. Where's Double D and Eddie? Um, no, what's funny about that is they spell Ed the same way as they spell that Ed. One I know, D. I, I know. And they're both morons. Can he pick up a house? I'm curious. You know what? <laughs> but um, Maybe. They are getting ready to kill Simba, and Simba's like, can't do anything to me. Like he, he's really being cocky, and Zaz is like, Zaz um, is like, um, we're gonna die. We're on their land. We're on their side of the tracks. We are screwed. So they realize that they're screwed, and they just book it, and they put Zazu in the birdie boiler, and launch him all the way back to the pride lands. Um, Simba and Nala are quartered, and Simba tries. He tries. And they start making fun of him. They're like, do it again. He make here you see his mouth move, but you hear like this giant roar, and you're like, what? And then Mufasa just obliterates the hyenas. Because he obliterates them. <laughs> That's they, pretty much Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like, they stood no chance. And they start trying to defend themselves. He's like, yo, come near my son again and I will kill you. You'll be pelts on my wall. Oh, that was your son? I had no idea. Oh, no, no, of course not, Ed. And then I just nods his head. <laughs> yup, I knew. <laughs> and Mufasa, Ed does not care. And Mufasa, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, Ed's probably the strongest one. Mufasa does this mighty roar and they just book it. And Simba's like, I'm sorry, you deliberately disobeyed. You little shit. And Zack says that in the MMPR reunion special. And, um, okay. If you want our thoughts about that, go watch <laughs> go watch that review on Blade Breaker 08. So they take, uh, Mufasa brings them back to Pride Lands. Zazu, uh, Mufasa says to Zazu, Take Nala home, gonna teach my son a lesson. And at first, he's giving him a lecture. Missing like, from that is a damn belt. And he's giving him, like, Mufasa's not being, like, mean to him or anything. But he's, he's being a stern, disciplined figure. Like, what Simba goes towards Mufasa, he puts his paw in Mufasa's paw print. Jesus Christ. That speaks volumes. And that's what Simba's like. I'm not the shit. Oh. And, um, Mufasa's telling him, look, dude, 
not only did you almost get yourself killed, you almost got your best friend killed. I can't be there to save you all the time. And Simba's like, I'm just trying to be brave like you. And Mufasa's like, just because um, you're brave doesn't mean you go looking for trouble. And um, Simba says to him, well, you're not scared of anything. He's like, I thought I was going to lose you today. I was very scared. And then all of a sudden, I nearly crapped my pants. And then they'd be, but then immediately they go from stern talk to buddy, buddy, father and son. And it's like, okay. <laughs> but the See, that rush, I feel like it, it was very natural. But the thing is, Simba got the point, and he never. No, Simba does understood. He never does this stupid shit the rest of the movie. Like the point was made. <laughs> the lesson was learned. So um, it cuts to the hyenas, who you find out have been working for Scar, and Scar. You kind of picked that up because after like they leave the elephant ground, the Scar, camera pans so up to show Scar's been watching the whole time. So Scar is pissed because he was like, "You're gonna kill Simba," and um, kill them both. They weren't expecting Mufasa to come and kick their ass. No, because they're like, "We can't beat Mufasa," and Scar's like, "Bet, bet me." <laughs> but then we have <laughs> what I honestly think is probably the worst song in the movie. You think this is the worst song in the film? Uh, yeah. Have you not heard Morning Report? Okay, in the theatrical cut. Shut your mouth. Uh, okay, I'll, <laughs> I'll give you that one. Morning it's Report. a great villain song, though. Morning Report is kind of gross. But you can't deny this is a great villain song. It is, but compared to the rest of the songs in the movie... No, what, a song, there has to be the weak, a weak song in the film. not saying it's a bad song. But and somehow, like, Mufa, uh, Scar has, like, the rock pillars rising as he's singing. That's okay. not the Nazi symbolism? Huh. So they make a plan. And, um, Scar is talking to Simba and says, Oh, there's a surprise. Um, a surprise your father has for you here. Just wait here on this rock controversial scene for our family. Um, do you want to just wait till what happens after this scene to talk about that? Or do you want to just get into that? Yo, I'll let you explain that one if you want. So, if you listen, dear viewers, to the Bucktooth Gremlins, you might have heard, seen the episode about the the Bucktooth Gremlins episodes about best deaths in film. And if you've seen our Staying Alive episode, you know our uncle, Pete. In his mind, he says Simba is responsible for Mufasa's death. Well, he's wrong! Oh yeah, he's wrong. There is in no way any of this is Simba's fault. It's Scar's. Scar planned it. It was Scar's men that caused the stampede, not Simba. Simba's a little kid. He trusts his uncle. His uncle! His uncle! Scar is just a douchebag. In his child mind, that's aside from his father, that's the one person he can trust. Not his family. So now the um the I think it's like a wildebeest herd, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it is. It's a wildebeest herd, and they just they just go like they the go hyena, feral because the hyenas are antagonizing them. Yeah, the hyenas just are trying to are hunting them, so they think they're being hunted. So they're just like fuck it, 
Bucket. So, Mufasa so, does not know where Simba is. And um Well, Mufasa thinks Simba's doing whatever. He doesn't know he's down there. So Zazu says to Mufasa, the herd's out. Mufasa's like, odd. Scar crocodile tears. Simba's down there. So Mufasa Wait a minute. How'd you know that? What? How'd you know Simba was down there? Okay. <laughs> of that father little kid son in danger your instinct is I go 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 yeah he was instinct I'm a save my son and do Mufasa's credit he does I'll actually continue and then when it gets to that point I mean we all know what's coming but continue and then I'll bring it up Mufasa successfully does save Simba but then he gets bombarded by the wildebeest after he brings Simba to safety. He almost makes it. Mufasa jumps on a cliff and starts climbing. He almost makes it. Um, Scar is there. Uh, Mufasa asks Scar for help. Scar claws his paws. Long live the king. Yeah. Throws him off the cliff. Goodbye, Mufasa. Done much better in this than the remake. But anyway, I had Scar not interfered, do you think Mufasa could have survived, found a way to survive? If um, Zazu probably also told Sarabi, and Sarabi probably would have came to save Mufasa. So had Scar not been in the picture, I... It's a stretch. It's a very high stretch. But if Sarabi had made it in time, she'd probably have saved Mufasa. Yeah, probably bringing her, uh, some lionesses with her. But if Mufasa had just slid down rather than been tossed, he might have also been able to survive. Yeah, I'm sure he could have also just found like a little alcove just to avoid some of them. He would have gotten hurt. Let's just be honest here. But if Scar hadn't tossed him, he would have more than likely survived. Yeah, he probably kept his claws and just literally just kind of slid down. Now keep in mind, Simba sees Mufasa fall. He doesn't see Scar. But he sees Mufasa fall and he freaks the fuck out. Well, because interesting enough, and I didn't notice it until... Actually, that's the one part I will thank the remake on. I didn't notice it. Simba is practicing his roar. And so in his mind, he thinks he caused it. Because mm-hmm. right before the stampede comes, he lets out a, a, a pretty decent roar for a kitten. Yeah, no. He, a uh, and that shockwave, which realistically didn't cause anything, but he honestly thought the herd heard him. Got scared and went after it. Exactly. He he produced an echo. The shockwave came from the herd just running, but the echo scared the herd in his mind. Yeah. So um, Scar Muf- Simba finds Mufasa and bless his little heart, bless his little kitty heart. He tries. He tries. Oh my god. Kid of the 90s knows this scene and how scarring, pun intended, and Scar this was. Like, Scar tells him the king's dead. 
Like, I'm sorry, everyone goes about Bambi's mom or Old Yeller. No, fuck you. Mufasa. Mufasa, all the way. And so he tells Simba to run away. Never return. There are no happy birds chirping after this, like there isn't Bambi. So he then, Scar, sends the hyenas after Simba. Kill him. Mm-hmm. Simba does successfully get away. He manages to get away. And um, he runs into... Oh, man. <laughs> Aside from the genie, probably like the best side characters in a Disney movie. Well, here's the thing between my argument with them and Zazu. They actually do stuff. They do. Whereas Zazu doesn't. Yeah, I think these these guys and the genie are like top side characters in Disney. See, but they, that genie... Mu, what about Mushu? Oh yeah, Mushu's up there too. Definitely Mushu. Um, oh, you know, like Pegasus from Hercules? I, I mean, I like Pegasus, but he's just like a pet. He's not really. We don't talk about the gargoyles and her and Hunchback. They're the weakest part of that film. Anyway, so Timon and Pumbaa do their absolute best to help this kid because they see he is messed up. Yeah, but the way they do it is just—it's not right. You know what? Though Pumbaa was more concerned. Than Timon was. Well, Timon's just an it's just a, a jackass. Let's be honest. But they say, "Hey, look, when the world when the when the world turns its back on you, you turn your back on the world." And then they sing Hakuna Matata. Now, to any any young listeners listening, that's not a proper way to go about something like that. In no. fact, the film points out, "No, that's not the way that you deal with it." Hakuna Matata. But damn, that song's great. Well, one and uh, during this, we uh, jump a couple years, and Simba is now a full-grown lion. Do you and remember it, those car rides on Long Island? And Dad would play this song, and we would just sing along uh, to it. Oh yeah, I still do that. Oh, I. Uh, <laughs> why not? <laughs> I know what you mean. I still do that. <laughs> but uh, um, the trip to Disney. The trip to Disney. Oh well, yeah. Oh yeah. The drive back was a pain in the ass. Listen, we don't talk. But the trip down was great. Was smooth sailing. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Simba is now a grown adult, and um, we cut back to the Pride Lands, gone to shit because Scar took over. The hyenas are just have full control, so they're fucking just going out and killing everything. Like, they don't give a crap. Like, oh my god, the Prylands have gone from this beautiful, amazing, wondrous place to disgusting. Yeah. And everything's dry, desolate, food shortage. Uh, Zazu is a prisoner. Um, I guess Scar took Sarabi as his mate? I guess? Um, we don't know that exactly. Um... So we cut back, and Simba, uh, Timon, and Pumbaa are having bro time. Simba's now a bro. It's pretty much hippie stoner life. Until he looks at the stars, and he gets sad. And they don't know what the hell he's talking about. So um, Simba's like, you said you'd always be there for me! 
but you're not. Like, he's broken from Mufasa still. And why? I mean, of course, it's his dad. And he's just, he's broken because he knows what he's doing is not the right thing. But he's too scared. He's, to in, he's in complete denial. He's too scared to face his past. Oh, yeah. And that's one of the big themes of the movie is stepping up to do what you know you have to do. Yeah. We'll, we'll get there. So, um, Pumba and Timon are the weemboa, a weemboa, a weemboa. Oh, they're, they're chilling, right? Pumba fucks off. Pumba sees the bug and is like, I'm going to eat that. And you see this lioness. And uh, Pumba. Wonder who it could be. And so Pumba's like terrified. Simba saves him. And the lioness pins Simba, echoing earlier in the movie. Nala? Dun dun dun! And so she's like, Why do you know me? I'm Simba. But they have this like amazing friend reunion. Um, they introduce her, he introduces her to Timon and Pumbaa, and then he tells Timon and Pumbaa to fuck off. You're cramping my style here. And then you have the love song of the movie. Uh, if I'm honest, it's not a whole new world, but... No, it's not. I still like, I like it. I still think it's actually a, a really good song. But Do you prefer I, this version or the Elton John version? The one he actually sings. Ooh, that's a good one. I I think I'm gonna go with Elton's one. That's cl it's close for me. Um, yeah, I'm gonna have to agree with you though. But so basically, Simba tells his boys to screw off so he can go get laid. Is what happened here. Uh, pretty much, and that's pretty much what happens. Well, it's like that's definitely what happens. <laughs> You're not gonna convince me otherwise. Well, they give, they give each other that look when they're rolling in the fields. Like, oh, this is still a kids film right oh yeah but um simba and nala get into a fight because simba does not want to go back he's too scared and earlier in the film rafiki found out simba was still alive so he's tracking him down and nala's like all right screw you i just leaves Pretty much. And Simba's like, I can't go back. I should go back. I can't go back. She doesn't know me, but I should, but I shouldn't, but I I should, but I can't. I want to, but I don't. And he's like having this inner like debate with himself. Pretty much. And then he gets uh, harassed by Rafiki. He's quite literally having an identity crisis. He really is. So Rafiki is like, I know who you are. You're Mufasa's boy. He's like, you knew, my, you knew my father? He's like, I know your father. And Simba's like, I hate to tell you this. He died a while ago. Rafiki's like, no, no, no. Mufasa lives. I, Rafiki, you know the way. Follow me. Go on, you dumb shit. What, and you have this, like, actually kind of claustrophobic scene of him running through this, like, dark woods. Woodsy tunnel area. Yeah. And then he goes to this water. And he looks in the reflection. He's like, that's just me. And uh, Rafiki's like, no, look closer. And you see Mufasa. And so I was like, whoa, 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 what? 
He lives in you. And then you see this, like, giant, like, angelic presence of Mufasa telling Simba, telling Simba. Is this actually happening, or is this just in Simba's head at this point? No, Rafiki sees it. Or somebody, because someone makes a comment, crazy weather we're having. Yeah, Rafiki does. He's like, the weather, very peculiar. Yeah, so no, that's happening. Because Mufasa's a god. <laughs> He's the lion god. You I, like Mufasa gives him what he tells him what he needs to hear. He's like, I'm sick of this Akuma bullcrap, Simba. You get off your ass and you go kick my brother's ass. And Simba's like, all right, avenge so, me. So he's like, all right, I'm going back. And you have this really triumphant music playing, and it's awesome. And so Nala tells Timon and Pumbaa, look, yo, we got to go help Simba. He's heading back to take, uh, to take his place as king. And they're like, oh, I'm not going to go into the whole, uh, the monkey's whole crazy. You know, you've seen this movie. You have seen, seen this show. movie. So Even they, if you think you haven't seen this film, you've, you've seen this film. So Mufasa, Mufasa, wow. Simba gets to the Pride Lands and is like, I'm taking this place back. Nala, Timon, and Pumbaa are like, we got your back, bro. So, uh... Funniest things I've ever, this is one of the funniest scenes. Which scene? Dress and drag and do the hula. <laughs> yes. It's the best thing. What else can you say about it? It's Nathan Lane doing a hula about how he wants the hyenas to eat his friend Pumbaa. It's the best thing. So Scar, and then they just run away. Scar calls Sarabi up and like scolds her. And Sarabi's like, listen, you're the king. This is all your fault. And Mufasa was here and then boom, he gets pimp slapped. Or she, he pimp slaps her. And then here's Mufasa, or God damn it, I did it again. Here's okay, you're taking the fact that Mufasa lives in Simba a little too seriously. I, I might be. So Simba gets there, and everyone's like, Mufasa, no, no, wait, Mufasa, you died. That ain't Mufasa. But, um. Yeah, his hair's too emo. So Simba's like, hey, hey, wake up, that's Robbie. Mufasa. Impossible. She's like, no, it's, it's me. She's like, Simba. And it's like a very touching mother-son reuniting scene. Then Scar tries Alfred to decides to say, oh! It's crazy to see you alive. And the high and the are like, ah! Because <laughs> they didn't they never told Mufasa Simba was alive. They never told Mufasa Simba was like, okay, sit down, you're drunk. I mean. I'm not wrong. They never did tell Mufasa that. But they never they told Scar. They tell Mufasa that! He was dead! They never told Scar Simba was still alive. Okay, we're back on track. So Simba's like... Let's go, one. bro. He says to him, give me one good reason why I shouldn't rip you apart. And um, he, quarters, he quarters Scar. And Scar's like... In a fair fight, Simba would dominate Scar. Well, because even Scar's like, I can't beat him. <laughs> so, he's like, you see them? They it's it's pretty great what an all-bug die can do to 
to a lion. Yeah. He's that's the like, secret. It's because he's got the god lion gene. That's, that's, <laughs> that's literally the only thing you can summarize. He's got the god lion gene in him because otherwise he should not be this, this fit as a lion. No, he shouldn't He be, would but... be malnourished as fuck. Now, there is no way he didn't only eat He had to go find other you're not going to convince me otherwise. He's a lion. He has a hunting instinct. Did we lose Anthony? Did no, Anthony? I'm still here. Okay, cool. So, um, Scar tries flipping it and um, turning the lionesses against him. Because he's like, do they know that you're the reason Mufasa is dead? Now, I've heard criticism about this that Simba just... Backtracks. I'm like, what the hell would you do? No, Muf Simba is mentally broken. He honestly believes he's the reason Mufasa died. He Simba, really hold on. I don't think. All right, just a shout out to the Doug Walker nostalgic guy who thinks Simba backtracks. Simba's owning up to it because yeah, still in his head he thinks he killed his father. He's responsible for the stampede. Well, the, thing, the thing about Simba that people don't understand. He's like two. Maybe three. He's not old. He's a young lion. And oh, I'm thinking more as a human aspect. You, he still mentally thinks he is responsible. So he's not like backtrack. He's like, I'm only up to it. He's like, yeah, I'm like, what are they going to think of me? Like, I'm getting cornered here by my uncle and these fucking hyenas. I'm one lion. And I'm just revealing this huge friggin' traumatic moment in my life. I'm sorry, Nostalgia Critic, but I think you're wrong here. Uh, no, I agree with you. Um, so he falls. Um, and it's a very similar position to Mufasa. And Scar, and the place is on fire. And Mufasa's like, hey, by the way, guess what? You're about to die anyway. I killed him. Simba. You just me. did. Mufasa admitted he killed Mufasa. Scar. God damn. I am all over the place today. Um, Scar is like, hey, look, you're going to die anyway. So uh, I killed Mufasa. And Simba goes Super Saiyan. <laughs> Literally. Just play Undefeatable from Sonic Frontier. Honestly, and just pin Scar. Take that Right now. And he immediately flips it. And it's like, yo, nope. Nope. This right here proves that Simba's stronger than Scar. I don't care what anyone says. Scar and getting the leg on Simba when we'll get to that fight is he's che he fought dirty. Yeah, he cheats. The Simba pins him and he's like, yo, 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 stop. Simba starts crushing Scar's throat. He's like, yeah, yeah, tell them the truth. And then Scar, he's like, okay, yeah. Um, either I say this or I die. So, he But I mean, either way, Scar was probably going to die because you have a pride of lion versus... Simba, Simba wouldn't have killed him. But we'll get there. So there's this final battle... And the lionesses are just defeating and destroying the hyenas. Oh, because like, they, no they can't just run in instinctively after they hear 
Stark and Mufasa. No, we need Beyonce to announce them to attack. Yeah, no, this... Shut up. Even even uh, Timon, Pumbaa, and Rafiki, they get in and they just start dominating everybody. Why well, I say Timon and Pumbaa are better than... Are more effect are better than Zazu. They actually do something. They're actually contributing in the fight. So Simba confronts Scar, and Scar is terrified. Cause he's like, oh, I don't think I'm getting out of this one. Did you notice that they're fighting where Simba and Mufasa were talking in the beginning of the film? Yeah. It's very symbol this film is very symbolic. And uh, Simba says the exact thing to Scar that Scar said to him when he was a kid. Run. Run away. Never return. So Scar throws a burning branch. Burning branch into Simba's face. And if Scar had not done that, he would have probably survived. But But then again, Scar hadn't tried blaming the hyenas. Oh, yeah, Scar, yeah, Scar said the hyenas are the real enemy. And, um, Simba, uh, defeats Scar by throwing him off the cliff. And, um, Scar gets up, and all the hyenas are there. He's like, my friend. And she's like, really? I thought we were the enemy. Yeah, that's what I heard. Ed? <laughs> And this then, scene is so creepy and so messed up. And then Scar is ripped to shreds by the hyenas. Begging for his life. Yeah, he... he yeah, he, he, he. How many of those hyenas do you think got burned in the fire? Probably all of them. You, you think? Never, you never see him again. I just figured they just kind of ran off after they ate oh. Scar. If, if there was some... Like, Shenzi... She was the leader, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, if I were a betting man, because she probably made peace with Simba. If I were to guess, because she's like, you know what? They made peace, they just realized, yeah, we can't, we can't win this. Or, like, they were like, you know what? Don't bother me, I won't bother you. Or Simba's probably like, hey, don't bother me, I won't bother you. Yeah, I think it's, it's just all back to status quo at that point. But you see, it cuts away. Simba has completely fixed the Pride Lands. Well, they got, they got rain, finally. They were in a serious drought. hmm So it's not just killing Scar makes the Pride Lands better. I mean, that, it's symbolically that, sure, but... Well, I mean, yeah, they had a drought, but they were also, you know, their food was gone. Um, they were running out of, you know, there was no grass. Was it's animal instinct. Once the plant life and, wa- and water supply return, animals will come. Well, it's not the herds will return. Well, the thing is, they're not. You, they, even though they're animals, they're the writing treats them as like people. Yeah, so, you're meant to think Scar's rule is what caused the Pride Lands to fall. Yeah, and Simba. When scientifically, no. It's just like they had a very big drought. Well, granted, and all the herds moved on. This movie's got a lion god talking to his son. Science is kind of just thrown out the window. You're right, so pretty much if you want to end drought, destroy your uncle off cliffs. Yes, exactly. But it shows that Simba and Nala, who are now king and queen, have restored peace to the Pride Lands, and they have a child. 
They're not revealed the gender of said child in the sequel, so I'm just going to say a child. Yeah. And they have a pretty beautiful rendition of Circle of Life playing at the end. And it's very symbolic. The whole thing comes full circle. You don't need a sequel. The Circle of Life. And if you will. let me just... This is my all-time favorite animated film. Same. It's my favorite Disney film. It's one. It's in my top three favorite films. Oh, me too. Just top three. It's I, I flip flop. My top three flip flops all the time. Like sometimes, but, see, but this is consistently in the top three, no matter what. Well, my top three is always the same, but it's always like sometimes I like one better than two, and you know, my top yeah. three films of all time. For those of you who are curious, are Jurassic Park. The Empire Strikes Back, and The Lion King. Mine are Lion King. This isn't in order. Lion King, Goodfellas. And I'd have to say probably Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction is a really good movie. Those, all those are... Every movie we just mentioned are all fantastic. Yeah. Watch them all if you haven't. But I love the cast. I love the animation. It's still a beautifully animated film to this day. Oh, no, that's not it. Any of the Disney films, even Snow White, they're all gorgeously animated. This has an amazing score, amazing vocal tracks. Very relatable storyline to... If you... You have, as a human being, you've had to step up and do something you don't want to do. And if and you, you had to, to... And you had to come... Uh, what's the word? You had to come to terms Thank with you. what you had to do. And if you haven't, I don't know how old you are, but <laughs> that alone should make you appreciate what Simba goes through. Loss of a family member. We've all been there. Oh, yeah. Um, s- stepping up for what's right. That's Simba is a great protagonist. He yes. really is. Mufasa, a great mentor figure. Scar, evil, conniving villain who you love to hate. And people say he gets boring after he gets his power. I'm like, no, he doesn't because there's that conflict with Simba. Like that. that Yeah, he got his power, but again, he did not know what to do with it. He wasn't. He wasn't fit for king. Whereas Simba was. No, he. it's pretty much sort of what does a villain do after they got what they wanted? They probably just don't know what else to do and just sit on their asses and blame everyone else. Well, the movie shows you Simba was actually fit to be king. Yeah. And Scar just wasn't. But even then, even after he gets his power, he has this patient with Simba. <laughs> it's literally what happens after the if the villain wins. What happens after? They don't know what to do with themselves. Ask Final Fantasy VI. But, yeah, well, Kefka was the same way in VI. He didn't know what the fuck, what the hell to do with himself. Exactly. It was just a. Hell, I bet it, same thing would have happened with Sephiroth in Final Fantasy VII. Any villain, what if they were? If you have a villain win, they probably wouldn't know what to do with themselves after. I mean, Thanos did. Thanos did. Well, Thanos was, had a plan from the from the war go. He Thanos thought about just, what happens after. Thanos just retired. Thanos like, I retire and I just sit on my ass. At least I'm open about it. Yeah, honestly. Yeah, At least yeah. I'm honest about it. I'll just sit on my butt. Like this, I have a 
a trinity of Disney movies. And that for me, and Anthony, I think you're the same. Lion King, Aladdin, Beauty and the Beast. The first thing, my third one is Treasure Planet. Oh, all right, fair enough. Yeah, but yeah those, um, I, have, I have issues with Beauty and the Beast. We can talk about that another day. I will say I do prefer Beauty. I will go on the record right now. I prefer Beauty and the Beast over Little Mermaid. I have major issues with Little Mermaid as a story. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, no, my Disney trilogy. Trilogy. Yeah, because they're connected. Um, well, it's the three films you can just put on at any I point. Mean, if we're including Pixar, take uh, Beauty I mean, and the Beast out and put Toy Story. But I go back and forth with Toy Story. Like, do I prefer Toy Story 1 or Toy Story 2? Yeah, no, I, um, I, I can understand that. We'll talk about Toy and, Story. Yeah, that, that one's a really hard one to walk to do for me. But yeah, now if we're talking traditionally animated films, oh man, this is it for me right here. I I think it was, um, I got the 4K for Christmas a couple years back. Yeah. As soon as I got home. I know, because I, I drove you home. Yeah, We watched that, it. That was great. If you haven't seen The Lion King, I've got a lot of questions for you. Actually, I might know someone who hasn't seen Lion King because he hasn't he doesn't wa- he hasn't watched most of Disney's library. Huh? Yeah, a coworker of mine named Chris. I call him Butters because he looks like Butters from South Park and sounds like Butters. Does he actually look like Butters? That's hilarious. I swear to God. But um, yeah, Lion King, fantastic, fantastic film. Um, I guess eleven out of ten. I guess I'll make the announcement now. Um, oh, we're going to do this? I'm back. Frankie is back. I have returned. Yep, we just... Towards, during this little break we've had, we've, me and Annalise have sat down like, you know what? To make her life easier, to make all of our lives easier, we needed someone else. And the only logical conclusion we had who would be committed would actually be in this was Frankie. It's me. So we would like to welcome back Frankie to the From the Shelf pod. It's me. Um, that's not saying Annalise is gone. Um, we, no. have, we have a plan, which I am not getting into. No, we have a plan. We will say Annalise has a lot on her plate right now. She has school. She has her personal life, her friends, her boyfriend. I have minimized so I could actually take time to be back to this. Yes. Mine and Frankie's lives are pretty more organized than hers. What is this, her senior year of college? Yeah, so she's It's busy. a very important time for her, so she needs to focus on that. Not saying she won't be back for episodes, because she will. And maybe she'll be back full time. We don't but know I, what the future holds. I just got out of a very chaotic living situation. Things are calming down. And it's so. exactly what we said when Frankie first left, took a, took a leave. We said Frankie was always welcome to come back. Yes, we joked about he was fired on the Staying Alive podcast with Petey, but we made it clear, no, you Frankie was never fired. He just took a step back, and he was always welcome to come back. Here I am! But, um, yeah, so that's the Lion King. 
that's our announcement. I want to. We thank- have a lot of videos, but we actually have a ton of stuff planned for you guys now that Fra- with Frank back. Frankie just came back and had a ton of great ideas. He came back swinging. It did. Now that's not to say that the Blade Breaker channel is gonna stop. He's still gonna be doing. His- You're still doing your figure reviews, right? I actually recorded two of them before I did this podcast. And we will still be doing the video game retrospectives on his channel. This, uh, this channel is primary for movies and television shows and music, if we decide uh, to ever do music. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm actually going on my channel. The Spider-Man games currently and anticipates for Spider-Man 2 coming out. So if you're interested, go ahead and check that out. And the Tekken 4 review that we will be doing on his channel will be coming soon. I just have to, we have to, I have to figure out some car stuff. Yeah, because I, I, I want to get those done before. Mortal Kombat's on the way, so I will be reviewing. What? I said Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat 1's coming out soon. So. Yeah, so we got we to gotta do that. Yeah, there's, um, there's a lot going on, but... um. A lot of exciting things, also. A lot of craziness, but very exciting things for the future. So, I will, um, we're gonna go ahead and put a stop. This video was almost as long as the movie itself. <laughs> That's, hey, it's almost like a, a, a we watched the movie. You, they, can, they can put on the movie and listen to us commentate on it. Anyway. Alright. I want to thank you guys so much for continuing to support the podcast, even when I wasn't there. And now I'm back, and things might be less chaotic. Um, well, on the shelf, it, it's always chaos here. That's true. That's true. I don't know. Do you guys still do the uh, the dial, the wheel? Uh no. If it was just two of us, it would literally we literally just went back and forth. All right. Well, Anthony, um, what are we doing next time? Well, not counting the next episode we will be doing with Annalise. And yes, that episode will have all three of us. The original team will be back for one last time for a good minute. That's not to say that the team won't be sporadically. Well, all three of us will probably get together for episodes. All right, Anthony. But I'm not going to reveal what we're going to be watching on that. But Frankie, I think you had the go. Will have the go after. You were the one picking the movie next. Oh, boy. You guys are in for a doozy next time, aren't you? Whew. The next time we meet, we're going to be taking a look at one of the shittiest of all. Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. Oh, we're doing that? Oh, yeah. I guess we're keeping it Disney. So, oh, boy. That means, I, that means, oh, no. Frank, you're not aware of this, but we did have a guest when we reviewed Disneyland Fun. Winnie the Pooh came onto the show, and it was pretty terrifying what he said. So now I think we're going to be playing with fire if we do this. So just be aware of that. We go. Pray for us, folks. The demon may be coming back. All right, guys. Have a good one. Take care.